Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to take topics as well as guests and bring them to you to be able to grow your business and take it to the next level. And the person that we have to do that today is Dustin Bogle. And mm-hmm. he is going to be talking to us about his charm sales system. We'll get into that in a minute, but let me tell you about Dustin. He is a sales expert that helps businesses to harvest more sales from their leads using his fortune follow-up system. He has a sales system that doesn't make you feel slimy salesperson and shows you how to come from a place of serving. I love that. Dustin has been an entrepreneur for 15 years and will help your audience to solve their problems once and for all. So definitely a topic that we all need to hear. This one quarter has gone by in our year. And uh, so the realization is for a lot of us, we have to roll up our sleeves and work harder. Yes. (laughs) And that means making some more calls. The title of this episode is The Charm, C-H-A-R-M, we'll get into what that is, sales system that will help you close 92% of the deals. Please welcome Dustin Bogle. Am I saying your name right? Is it Bogle or is it Bogle? You are saying it correctly. It is that long ago. So thank you. Glad to be here, Vicki. I'm amongst friends um, who love talking business, sales, and leadership. Those are some of my favorite topics. So I'm excited to dive in and help your listeners to grow their business as well. Well, before we get into the hard questions, let's just do the simple one. Where do you call home? Where do you live? Today, I live in Dallas, Texas, but that is just two years ago. I'm originally born and raised in California, Southern California, to be exact. Um, And so I'm part of those people that left. And it's because just the cost of living, the traffic, it just was getting out of control. And even I went and visited my team because I still own two gyms in California Mm -hmm. just a few months ago. And I said, holy cow, I do not miss this. What a nightmare. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love it. The, 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 the people are so kind, the, the weather's beautiful, but man, I do not miss sitting in my car and losing so many hours of my life watching bumper light or, you know, know. uh, lights. So funny, my, another thing that we have in common, I, for, for the corporate job that I had, I had spent on a few stints time in San Diego, Northern California. And um, so when I also for my Toastmaster International uh, appointment, I had 
been given California. So this Georgia girl got to experience California uh, a couple times and the traffic, as you say, I, I never planned two meetings in a day because I knew yes. I was going to be late for one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so what is the charm sales process, please? Yes, absolutely. So um, this kind of came up because I I guess I just always had this natural proclivity to, to sell, but I didn't know it was that word. When you're kind of like a kid, you just do the things that come natural to you until someone puts a label on it. Yeah. And I think we as adults tend to label things more than even kids because we like making things easy to understand and easy to translate to other people, communicate. So you start saying like, oh, this person's this way or that's that way or even us. We don't, don't go to California. It's known for traffic, like label it. And so when I was just closing, I didn't put any type of special package on it until one day one of my admins was overhearing me and she's like, Dusty, you know what? You're really good just closing people with charm. And so I just never labeled it that way. And I said, I like that word. I'm going to actually see if I can make it work as a sales package or sales process. And I'm going to, I'm going to work it in. So nice. I did. And so this is how it works. Um, so the first thing I always did uh, was I wanted to get my client to crack a smile. So that's C. <laughs> crack a smile. Um, and so there I got Vicky, yes. but immediately when the guard is down, mm -hmm. it is so much easier to then relate and start talking and being two people and connect. But when you come in and you're very stiff and your arms are crossed, good luck trying to sell that person. I don't mm -hmm. think you will. And I don't think I ever got somebody that was stiff and cross-armed in front of me. So I'll make a joke about myself. I'll make a joke about what's going on, current events, the weather, my kids, whatever. I'll make a joke about something to just get you to smile, to put you at ease. Because again, where I learned my sales reps was in fitness. And so this was already an uptight sale. This is yeah. not a fun sale. It's like dental or car insurance. Like nobody really <laughs> wants it, but you know, you got to have it. And so I know I need to get them to crack a sandwich. So let's see. H is now getting into how can I help you? That's H. Mm -hmm. So what, what are you here for? You're here to lose 20 pounds. You're here to learn about my product or service. How can I help? And now you get to learn how you get to be of service right. and let the person start to explain their problem. Usually though, that first prompt just gives you the surface answer. That's where the A comes in, which is ask for the pain. So now that you told me what your problem is, Tell me more about how it makes you feel. You got to really dig in here for the emotion questions. We all know every good sales trainer mm -hmm. tells you that. Dig into the emotions. Nobody buys from logic. So what's the two emotions that we really get excited about? Pleasure and pain. Most people don't make buying decisions from pleasure other than maybe vacation and then mm -hmm. junk food, pizza and cookies. These are <laughs> pleasurable purposes. But Usually when you're hiring a business, there's pain, right? That's why we mostly hire a, a service or a or buy a product. Yeah. So what is, where do you feel this pain? Do you feel it in your body? Do you feel it in your head? Do you feel it in your lack of sleep? Is it causing problems in your marriage? You know, like, is it mm. taking up all your time in your day? Where is the pain? Like, show me, tell me. Uh, R is now you get to reveal your solution. And if you've done a really good job in the product development stage, you've really put some time and energy into building this for that perf perfect avatar. Well, whatever they just said at the you know previous two, which is the, you know, how can I help and ask about their pain? When you reveal your solution, it 
literally should already have what they brought up in those first two. And if it doesn't, you know, you need to do more sales reps and more sales presentations and then design your product to solve the problems of your avatar. So now that I get to share it with you. So again, when I'm talking to my avatar, it's tending to be a woman 35 to 65 years old is like my ideal avatar. So when I'm sitting down and she's telling me, you know, I, I'm busy with my career. I got kids. It's all gone to crap since I've had a, a desk job and I got married and I'm coming up on 40. I'm just like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to hear what she says, but I'm like, I'm so excited to get to my solution because I already <laughs> knew she was going to tell me all this. I knew. I just knew. And my my solution has all the stuff she needs to get yeah. her there. But, mm -hmm. you know, I, I want to do that digging. Finally, M is make a sale. And this is where a lot of sales reps make a huge mistake. And that is where they just say the closing line with a very vague, open-ended phrase. So they might say, all right, so just let me know when you're ready to get started. Um, yeah. You know, like we, we, we can, we can begin whenever you're ready. And that yeah. just puts the ball in their court. You really just let them out the back door. They're going to leave. You just let them escape. And so you have to make a very clear ask for the sale. You got to say, are you ready to get started Monday? Would you like option A or option B? And a direct ask for the sale, such a rookie mistake, but it still happens a lot more yeah. than I'd like. So that is the charm sales process, Vicky. That's awesome. So I did take notes. So crack a smile. How can I help? Ask for the pain. Reveal your solution. Make a sale charm. Excellent. Yes. I'll put those in the notes yeah. too for you guys. <laughs> Thank you. I so really like that. I, I do love the next statement. You say um, fortune follow-up system. And the old saying is, you know, there's fortune in the follow-up. And again, a lot of times, you know, we hate sales <laughs> to be salesy and we, and we avoid the follow-up because of the pain that we feel sometimes in making that call yes. because we're afraid of the no or the rejection or the whatever. So um, what is in your system, the fortune follow-up system? Yeah, great question. And so even going a little bit into psychology here, the reason people don't do follow-up is because they're afraid of the no, but they're also afraid of the yes, which is I have to now get on a call with this person and sell them. And they're like, oh crap, they answered the text. Shoot, now I actually need to call them and sell them. And so like, if you don't like sales, you're, you're unconsciously not wanting to do follow-up and you're avoiding it. Mm. And so that's why th this, it's weird. Maybe I, you know, this is the me being the sales version of a garbage can, man. Um, <laughs> that's kind of like the job nobody wants. I love the dirty work. I love the follow-up. Um, and that's what we do with our company, Jimmy Enforcements. We do follow-up for gym owners. And so we're like, you don't like the dirty work? Call me and my team in. We will do your texting calls, emails, social media DMs. We come in and we do it all. And it wasn't until recently that, you know, people in even other industries start reaching out. A landscaper say, hey, that's cool you do that. Would you try my business? I was like, right, yeah, sure. I don't mind. But it wasn't why we originally did it. It was originally mm. from gym owners. So essentially, that's, you know, what I do. And so what do we do that works that, you know, once we get in, we can make more sales appear out of thin air and find this fortune in the follow-up. Uh, there's three main systems I'll teach that all kind of fall under this mm -hmm. umbrella. So the first one, if you're running paid ads, which definitely you should, if you you know are a business owner, you got to feed your business leads. 
uh, is what I call the five by two follow-up system. Okay, so five X two, five by two follow-up system. What that is, is when you get a new opt-in in the first five days of them opting mm -hmm. in, you reach out to them twice a day. So you do an afternoon and an evening, an afternoon and evening, five days a week, five by two, and the first, and they both should be a different form of communication. So it should be text, call, email, DM, text, call, email, DM. And so essentially you're trying all the different channels because everybody responds on different channels. I've had some people are more email people and we're going yeah. back and forth, some are more text. So if you just focus on one, you're going to miss out miss. on a huge amount. Mm -hmm. So the fortunes in the follow-up, but also learning all the different ways people communicate, right? So that's the best way to get your hot leads. When they're hot and they just opted in, you mm -hmm. got to be quick to respond to them and you got to be very high in your frequency in the beginning of the relationship. Okay. You can you can lower the frequency as time goes on. Um, but I cannot tell you how many small businesses in America struggle because they just simply don't have the follow-up dialed in on just brand new leads. This is like business coming to them inbound and they're not following up with them aggressively. So right. that's the first system called the five by two. The second is your big database. Since you've been in business, you've collected this big database of leads. And so I call it the 10% blast system. And so what it is, is you just take 10%, you sliver off what do the math. If you have 5,000 contacts, just cut out 500. And every day you just send a reach out to that amount of people. Because if you did the whole list, you'd probably be overwhelmed with how many responses yeah. would come in. So you'll make it manageable. And so if you do an email blast to 500, do it. If you do a text blast, do that. But just reach out to these people, keep them warm, give them value. You shouldn't just be pitching the whole time. Yeah. You can say, hey, I made this free PDF. I ran this workshop recently. Um, give them something that's going to help them. And then every now and then you can sprinkle in and ask as well. So that's the second one, the 10% blast system. The third, this is an easy one, especially if you're in the service-based business, is the trial duplication system. And so essentially what it is, is every time you make a sale, after the sale, the person is on a high, right? Like they're excited. They can't wait to see the results of what they just bought. That is a prime time to ask for a referral. And you can easily duplicate that person into another person for free if you just build that into your process and make it so that you ask every single time. Right now, we are seeing an average of three out of 10 people will give a name, phone number, and email of another person that's interested in the same service if you are routinely asking. If you do not, you get zero out of 10. But that's three more people to me you could yeah. be helping with your service or product if you just ask. So, you know, again, if you're very convicted in what you're doing, I can tell a story on this later, Vicky. Um, this is the number one thing that really plague somebody from growing their business yeah. is they think they're convicted, but when I challenge them, they really find out that they need to be more convicted in what they do. Yeah, more consistent too. Yes. So the next question is a, a, an odd one. We didn't talk about this uh, in your bio, but how did pro wrestling help you find, um, uh, help you in this business entrepreneurship that you have? Yes. So it's very, very funny. People ask, you know, hey, if you're in fitness, how did you get into fitness? Well, I say, hey, actually, fitness led me to the gym and to a, a pro wrestling ring. And they're like, how did that? <laughs> so how did that happen? 
So actually, back in high school, I was not this very outgoing person that you see in front of you today. I was actually overweight, shy, lacked confidence. I was actually 260 pounds. Mm. And so uh, very overweight, looking down, hoodie on, just didn't wanted to hide from the world because of how I was in my body. And one day I get a tap on the shoulder from a kid sitting behind me who was very fit. And he said, hey, I would love for you to come to the gym with me. I go every day after school. Do you want to come with me? Because it was a very not like judgmental invite, I decided to take him up on it. It just sounded like we were going to hang out. I didn't know yeah. all this heavy weight needed to get moved around. And so uh, we do a workout and I'm feeling incredible. I have endorphins are rushing. I'm feeling a pump. I'm feeling amazing. And so I decide, hey, uh, I'm going to commit to this thing. And I proceeded to lose 60 pounds of body fat. And I just felt amazing. And I had visible abs and I saw my arms were defined. I said, <laughs> oh my God, this was a great gift, but it's not about me. I want to help other people achieve this because my life just feels like it's going to be a whole different life yeah. just because of what I've done to my body. What, what could this do for other people? So I'm like, well, they take back their marriage. Will they now have the confidence to ask for that promotion? Will they take the risk and open the business? Because confidence is that like real courage, not liquid mm -hmm. courage. We all yeah. know what that is. The real courage comes from how you feel in your body. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of the fear we talk about exists because of our body. Like we're like, they're gonna, what are they gonna think of me? But what is me? Me is our body, right? Yeah. And it's not like your skills. I can't see your skills, but we often attribute what we know and who we are to our mm -hmm. body. And so I was just like, I wanna help people transform their bodies because it will mm -hmm. transform their life. And so what's funny is that same friend who tapped me on the shoulder, invited me to the gym. Now he's like opening up curtain number two. He's like, do you also want to come to my backyard? My dad built me a ring. And I was like, what? Who, who is this guy? What do you mean you have a ring? I go to his backyard, legitimately a 16 foot by 16 foot ring. His dad was a contractor. And he said, my boys love wrestling. And they're in their teenage years. I'd rather they're here in the backyard goofing off and doing this stuff they watch on TV rather than joining a gang, getting into trouble and doing dumb stuff. Yeah. And so that was his logic behind building it. Well, we start doing all kinds of shows and putting on matches and eventually go on and get professionally trained. And I actually did it for 10 years. And in fact, it's funny, WrestleMania was this past weekend yeah. and I saw four old buddies <laughs> that I wrestled at one point now in these main event matches that still do it to this day. And I thought, wow, that's cool that they got to reach the pinnacle of the, uh, of, the, uh, of the industry. So yes, did it for a while, but eventually folded the cards, decided to go all in on fitness. It was a matter of my body, but also my mind. I was just not all in it like I was when I was younger. I decided I wanted to go all in on fitness. Wow. So from the backyard dad project to the pro wrestler to the gym yes. owner and now yes. transforming people around the world yes Thank very you. very yeah. cool so what does money mindset um how was that involved in holding us back from um being good business owners Oh man, this is a huge one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we we all we all get kind of like brainwashed with money beliefs from our kids. Mm -hmm. So you can't pick your parents, you can't pick your upbringing and where you grew up. 
but you do get to pick if you want to continue to believe that stuff or not. And so I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, there was a lot of negative talk around money. So, you know, you heard phrases like uh, money doesn't grow on trees. What do you think I'm made of money? Um, you know, the rich keep getting richer. And so these are things that, you know, my parents would say and, and my family. And so you, they're the people who are guiding you in life. So you trust what they're saying is truth. It's not till you get older, you start to challenge and say, I don't think they had it all figured out. I think they did the best they could, but they didn't know everything. And so finally, I, I started to have my own beliefs around money. I started to see money does a lot of great things. It's, it creates jobs and it, and it fuels charities and churches mm -hmm. and it allows to solve problems. And so I, I, I saw it as like a great thing, but there's, there's so many things that when I talk to business owners that hold them back, one of the biggest things they don't realize is the lid on their business is always themselves. Hmm. The business cannot grow higher than the business owner and the CEO wow. has grown. And so um, until the CEO grows, usually the business does not grow. And that's why wow. sometimes you'll even see a company will bring in another CEO and they'll go to another level. Did they change that much about the company? No, the new CEO just had new beliefs. Hmm. And so I know, you know, if I'm talking to a gym owner, he's like, oh, I'm in a bad market. People are not interested. I'm like, dude, if Elon Musk took over ownership of your gym, would that gym still struggle? And let's say he cannot advertise on his social media and tell anybody. He just becomes behind closed doors owner, secret, hush, hush. Nobody knows he owns it. Do you think the gym will still struggle? And he's like, no. And I was like, why? He has different beliefs than you. Yeah. He, he and so it's like the only thing that needs to change is your beliefs and it's beliefs about money beliefs about yourself beliefs about your business there's a lot of beliefs it's a it's a very you know intertangled web mm -hmm. but the biggest thing we can do on ourselves is self-work and and challenge our beliefs and ask ourselves do our beliefs serve us yeah. because most of the time they don't we need to challenge them right so um yeah there's a lot that goes into that but that's kind of my my high level overview of attacking the money mindset is challenging, yeah. dissect it. You definitely we could spend a whole podcast talking about this because it is true. Yes. It, it does. And I love the lid on your business is yourself. It's a breakdown. Always. <laughs> yes. Okay. So uh, we talked, I think, a little bit about this just a few minutes ago, three lead generation strategies. Um, yes. Would that that fall into what we just discussed in, in the, the three main systems, the paid ads, or, there, or do you have three other things? Yeah, there's, there's, there's three that I would touch on. Mm -hmm. You know, those, those were like the follow-up after the leads are coming up. Okay, the all right. The 10%. And the trial duplication. Mm -hmm. Now, Dustin, where do I get leads so I can do all this follow-up? Maybe people are like, "There's no fortune, the fortune, the follow-up," because I got no leads. No one's, <laughs> no one's reaching out to me. Like, I'll, I'll I'll call them ten times a day, but I don't got anybody reaching out. Mm -hmm. So the first, if you're not doing it, I'm still blown away. People are not paying attention to digital marketing. They're not running mm -hmm. ads on Facebook and Instagram. And to me, that's like. That's like toddler school for marketing these days. Like you cannot be in business and not be doing digital marketing. So that's number one. And I know, again, people get really caught up that they're going to spend this money and there's no guarantee people are going to buy. Well, you got to work on your offers. You know, like if mm -hmm. your offers are not good, 
they shouldn't buy. Honestly, like your your product or your service is not sounding compelling or exciting. So make them an exciting offer. Make them a really good offer. But yes, once you do have that great offer, put it out there, paid ads, you'll make your money back. No problem, right? Yeah, so and the ads the don't have to be thousands of dollars. I mean, Facebook ads, you can do yeah. a couple bucks starting and whatever. Yeah. The second one would be asking the best place for new business is old business. So ask your clients for referrals. When's the last time you actively and you know engage them for a referral and maybe even incentivize them? You'll give them a free t-shirt. You'll give them 10% off their next month. You'll give them a $50 gift card. Something cool to get them off their butts to yeah. want to do this, right? Yeah. You never know. Like, you know, if, if someone hit me up and said, you know, you got a name, phone number, email, I'll give you a $50 gift card and I want to take my wife out to dinner or there's something I've been wanting to buy on Amazon, 50 bucks, you might've just caught me at the right time to buy it, right? Or yeah. to, to bite on what you're offering. So, so do it. And I would also say this, the value of the gift needs to be pretty close to the value of the customer. Um, you know, if you're going to get a 500 to $1,000 customer a month, you know, like on reoccurring and you're going to give somebody 50 bucks, yeah. that is not enough for the, for the squeeze. Like you mm -hmm. need to give them huge, huge gift, right? So it's all relative to your business. Obviously, if I'm a pizza shop and people are buying $5 pizzas, I can't give out a $50 gift card. I'd lose money. So mm -hmm. again, make it right to your business model. Um, and then the third and final one, would be reactivation again back to that old business yeah. you know new business is old business how many times have you called your old customers because they know like and trust you at one point but something changed they got busy finances changed whatever they wanted to try a competition but do you ever reach back out you know mm. you said you cared about this person at one point check back in with them they're the easiest to come back if i ever want to just get a quick bump of business i know i need to make 10 to 20 phone calls to past customers and immediately I know our, our revenue is going to be up higher because they're just lay downs. They don't, you don't need to do your sales pitch. They know what it's all about. You just need to, again, make them a sweet offer. And usually I'll be like, Hey, your, your first month's half off. If you come back this week, they're like done, let's do it. Yeah. So and those days. I, I was just going to say, and also sometimes that no that you had the first time was because of situational and, and if you don't keep dripping back on them, things change and, and they you want that to be top of mind yes absolutely good points vicky i love that so how are you leveraging content to generate those leads and and have yes. them continue you know be consistent and persistent so that that to me the only reason i didn't put that in as a lead generator is because so many people again we're going to go back to fear fear of the camera and and they're like i i you know like i want to i want to make content i know i should but man i don't like seeing myself on camera and i don't like hearing my voice and i don't like seeing photos of me and i'm but do you notice all the terms there me 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 me, 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 me. me. Mm -hmm. i keep saying well you're being selfish and guess what you're holding your business back from making the impact it could your team is not getting the, the opportunities they could if you grew your business you couldn't be helping more people around the world and you and your family are not having more money in the bank because you're being selfish. So what do you mm. think you should do? Yeah. And that is why I say that whole, we are our own lid on mm -hmm. our business because I won't be on a camera. I refuse to bring in more money for my family. Like what a jerk, right? So that's why you send them to me. 
And and I'll sometimes yes. say, hey, I love your product. If you don't want to talk about it, let me talk about it because it's so awesome. Yes. You're missing such an opportunity. And, and it's amazing. Yes. People do absolutely hold themselves back from greatness. Yes. But yes, Just... in terms of content, make it simple and make it a style of content you love. I know you keep hearing things like, Videos the future, video, video, video. If you hate the camera, just write. If you like writing, if writing's more your thing, like mm -hmm. it's okay. Pick something you could be consistent with and you love, not what the world tells you to love. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing I would say is when you can um, block off a, a, a time of your, of your week to be a content batch day. Cause otherwise mm -hmm. you'll just get busy with like operational stuff it's very easy send this email call this customer and you can use that excuse we all can use which is i'm too busy i got no time well how do i do it i got four businesses tuesdays you know like later yeah. after the day I have a four hour block and it's all content yeah Writing, filming, prepping all content so i just know i do get good organic leads from it and that's why it's worth my time to put it out there yeah for me, I have like three days where I just have two hours, two hours, two hours, different times, but not when I know that I'm not going to be fresh or, you know, enthusiastic yes. because that will, for me doing video, that's going to play out as well. And even writing, yeah. you know, if you're tired or frustrated, your, your brain's not going to be as good. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a morning person. I like, I like to write in the morning for sure. Yeah. So time for rapid fire. So <clears throat> I think I know the answer to this from the story that you shared, but why are you at war with obesity? Um, it's because I had two aunts that died under 50 because <laughs> oh, of wow. health-related diseases. And one was cancer, the other was uh, stroke. And so to me, those were just like completely preventable deaths all because of lifestyle related choices, which is basically saying there's things that I like to put in my mouth and they say that there's things worth dying for and there's things worth living for. And so my question is, is sugar worth dying for? Because mm -hmm. I think your family's worth living for. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I am at war, not because I'm mad at my aunts for what they chose to eat because my, a lot of my family is very obese. But what I think was the missing component, they just didn't know. They grew up in the era of all yeah. these processed foods being released. And the American public was told they're safe, they're healthy, eat them up, you know, uh, sugar-free snack well cookies and, you know, like all these, you know, yummy foods, gobble them up. And now we know better. We know yeah. that they're not good for you. And that you have to eat everything in moderation that does not come from the earth. And so now I'm on this giant kick to fight back against obesity. And it's not just because I have, you know, these goggles on that only let me see obese people. The, the stat, stats from CDC is we are on track to be 50% obese by the year 2030, which is not a long ways away, which is very sad. I mean, it's one in two people. Um, and that is for the U.S. The, the global uh, obesity pandemic is just five years behind that they said 2035 will be 50 percent globally mm -hmm. that is a huge staggering number that scares me and i i'm worried that if we don't do anything to turn it now um like how much further could it go you know yeah. past 50 that, that's scary so these are all preventable deaths and that's why i choose to stick my my flag on that hill and fight against that 
I know that for me, I had an uncle who got diabetes in his 50s, and he also had a, a back injury that caused him to have to stop working. But he chose to not, he just, I, he just chose not to do what was right because he felt like he was wronged in other ways. And why should he give up the things that he loved, the pies, the Cokes, the Sprite, you know, all of those things that he ended up on insulin, ended up having amputations and ended up choosing to not continue dialysis. And I had that call that I have a week to live. Would you take care of my affairs? Never do I ever want to have that call again. So I absolutely understand where you're coming from. The second piece is I see more and more young people, toddlers even, so overweight that that scares me. Yes, I agree. So how do you keep gym owners being able to grow their business? There's a lot of competition out there. How do you help them? Uh, the, the big thing we help them stand out with is their speed to lead. Mm. Um, when somebody's finally hit that trigger and they have finally hit the point where they're ready to raise their hand and ask for help, you have to be like 911. You have to be ready to pick up the phone when they reach out and, and be there for them when they're in their moment of crisis and they need help. Because it takes a lot of courage, an overweight person, to finally put their hand up and say, I need some help here. I, I've tried X, Y, and Z and it didn't work. And I'm, I'm at my wit's end. So we step in and we do their follow-up. But one of the things we're proudest of is getting to a lead in five minutes or less after they reach out to the gym. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a metric more and more businesses need to chase is speed to lead and then following that five by two from that point forward. But yes, mm -hmm. we, we take over their follow-up and help them get more members through that process. Excellent. So what are the top three sales problems that you see for most companies? Oh, man, this is good. So it's lack of conviction, which I'll come back to in a sec. Lack of accountability. Mm -hmm. And then finally, lack of leads. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, number one, lack of conviction. There's a great story, if, we, if I have time to tell this, Vicky, about conviction. Um, so there was a lawyer defending his uh, his um, uh, uh, his client from being accused of murder, and so he had to stand up in front of all the jurors and say, "My client is innocent, and here's how uh, mm. I want you to know that this is true." Because the person he's accused of murdering is actually going to walk into the courtroom in sixty seconds, and the jurors are like taken aback. They're like, "What are you talking about? The guy's dead. There's no way." So they look at the at the doors. They're watching like a hawk. 20 seconds goes by, 40 seconds, a full minute, and nobody comes in. So now they're confused. They're like, what's this guy, this is his game? And <laughs> finally, he stands up and he says, aha, you all looked at the door. The law states, if you have a shadow of a doubt, you have to vote not guilty. And you looked at the door, which tells me you had a shadow of doubt. You thought that there might be a chance. So now do what's right, go back there and vote and come back and tell us that you're gonna do not guilty. So they all kind of say, all right, we see your game. So they go and they vote and they come back 
and they read and they say, we find the defendant guilty. And now the defense attorney stands up. He's out of his mind. Are you kidding me? I proved you had, you know, doubt. And that's when the foreman said the key line. He said, you're right, defense attorney. But we also looked at you and your, your client and you guys were not looking at the door. And that's how we knew he was guilty. And so that's a great story in conviction. It's easy to that whole do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. So he himself, you could tell he wasn't convicted. So I asked salespeople, do you even use the service you're selling? Do you use the product you're selling? Yeah. You don't got any conviction because you're not bought into what you're selling. Mm -hmm. I don't play golf. I'm a pretty good salesperson, but I'm probably not going to top the leaderboards because I'm not convicted about golf. Yeah. But you give me something I'm convicted about, like fitness, and I will dominate. And so that's the first thing most people are missing in sales is just straight up conviction. Mm -hmm. You got to find convicted people to sell it. Then they're not, you don't even need to teach them scripts and all these techniques because just their energy comes out of them. And that's what does all the selling is their conviction. Yeah, right? their excitement. The second, yes. The second is accountability. Um, too many times salespeople are not good, like spreadsheets and numbering, entering stuff. And so they kind of like avoid all the back end stuff. They don't put in the notes and the numbers. And so they don't have a sales manager looking over them. They need accountability to yeah. hold, to keep them straight. They're also really good at selling. So they can also talk their way of why they didn't do something. And it'll sound very persuasive and good. And you say, no, you're not using that charm on me. You need to put these numbers <laughs> in. And so accountability. And then the third is leads. <laughs> nothing, nothing. Nothing makes them start screwing around with their time or starting to look for other jobs or just making them feel like angst, you know, like just impatient when the leads are slow. So if you're going to hire a salesperson, keep this person fed because a lot of people say, oh man, I invested in a salesperson. I'm going to spend less on marketing. That's a great way to make a salesperson quit. Yeah. You got to invest in both. They need to be together. They're Batman and Robin invest in the market in fact double down on the marketing when you hire a good salesperson and watch it pay for itself Very so, true. yeah all right so what are the lessons that you've learned um with having six gyms in six years i know you can see Vicky, <laughs> i got a little bit of an extreme personality that was uh that that's a whole podcast in itself but i will tell you <laughs> That was an aggressive move, opening mm -hmm. one a year. Yes. But the big failure I had from that is that I did not know the importance of leadership and culture. Yeah. All I scaled was leases, equipment, and coaches. Didn't have any leaders. Yeah. So nobody was holding the standards. Nobody was making sure our systems were being done the way they were. Yeah. And eventually, it all came crashing down at me. I ended up having to close two and sell a third because I didn't know that this was something you needed. Honestly, I was operating out of business need, uh, being naive, naive, and just not knowing what I didn't know. Yeah. And I just thought, well, this is what I did, number one. But what I, I didn't understand was I was the magic. I was the leader, yes. number one. I was magic there. And so when I went to two and three and four, I was just like, okay, guys, just do things like I did, number one, and then I'm not going to be there. <laughs> I don't get to just stay home and put my feet up on the table. They needed a leader. And yeah. I was doing my best. It's not that I was just sitting home BSing around. I was driving around, but I couldn't get to that many in a day. So I only saw each gym maybe two to three times a month. And so uh, essentially it just got really distilled. My leadership got distilled mm -hmm. down, watered down heavily 
And then the growth wasn't happening at the rate it was when I could focus. And it was one gym. I built one gym to almost a million dollars a year annual mm -hmm. revenue. And then I, I almost needed six gyms to achieve that same result. Yeah. So let that be, you know, a word of caution. Anybody thinks more is better. It is not better yeah. is better. So, yeah. so a lot of, I spent a number of years um, with franchising and um, what you're saying is absolutely true. I've seen it lots yes. and lots of times and and the franchisor thinks that um oh well i i can just um have store two three and four by somebody else and and if you don't have that passion if you don't believe in it all those things that you talked about to be accountable to be convicted those all come into being a great leader yes absolutely so what's next on your path uh, it's funny you say that. So um, I did just two weeks ago I release see. my first book. Congratulations! So it's on Amazon. It is bestseller status now. I'm proud of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is not just for gym owners. I do want to preface this. There's three main sections: marketing, sales, leadership. All the lessons can apply to any business. So that is something that is exciting. And then if there is somebody who is a gym owner. Uh, two ways they can work with us. There's gymreinforcements.com where they can find out more about our follow-up service or they can go to yourfitnessempire.com and that is a mentorship I'm doing with my business partner, Matt Wilbur. And he's he owns um, eight gyms and together we have 30 years combined experience. Yeah. And so we're going to just basically teach everything we know to gym owners to help them build their empire because we're at a stage where we're ready to give back to an industry that gave so much to us. And we know when gym owners win, communities win. The, the, you know, the families are getting healthier. People are given full-time jobs. A lot of good things happen. So that's why we want to see them win so bad. So good. I'm going to share my screen now. So if you have been listening in on, on one of our audio channels, please go ahead and grab that paper and pencil so you can get the website information. And the information you just shared, I will also have you after, well, we'll make sure that gets in the show notes so that it's available. Those extra links are available. All right. So we have, the website is easy, easy to remember, dustinbogle.com. -E Again, that's HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash dustinbogle.com. He is on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram and YouTube all by using his name, Dustin Bogle. I'll let him talk about what he'll, you can find on both his Dustin Bogle site and the gymreinforcements.com. Yeah, so my, my website's basically a collection of my content. You'll see my blog posts, my podcasts, my YouTube channels. So uh, if you just like seeing you know, what I'm putting out there and you like hearing what I'm sharing with the world, join me there. Uh, but gym reinforcements is where you can learn about our follow-up service and uh, you know again specifically for gym owners but if you're not a gym owner I say hey I'll give you some some free you know pointers and tips on how to help you grow your business I had a roofer a landscaper and then uh, even a life coach reach out just say hey I suck with follow-up and I, I need some help on this so I was happy to help them out even though it's not my my niche I could give them some some broad strokes to help get them going so yeah, that is that. Awesome. So if you have not taken that screenshot, it is time to do so now. 
And again, I'll put in the notes the information about his book so that you can go to Amazon and grab that. So it's been such a pleasure talking to you about um, your passion uh, to overcome obesity, but also how can we become more comfortable in our businesses to close more sales, to get our leads, and to really find the fortune in the follow-up. Love that. So again, yes. it has been such a pleasure. You gave so many tips, so many really good pieces of advice. I took a ton of notes and uh, I'll try to share some of those um, on my social media post about this. But uh, I encourage everyone, if you have not done so, to make sure that you go to his website to be able to uh, see what resources he has. And as always, I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.